station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and good evening. Welcome to The Burning Issue. I'm your host, Yazid Kamaldin. Now, the adhan, the call to prayer, has become a topic of conversation again this week, following complaints about the adhan at the Lewin Street Mosque in Burkap. The imam at the masjid said law enforcement officers investigated the complaint on Friday, said to be the third such complaint in Burkap over the past two months, a first in the history of Burkap. Now, last year, this became a contentious issue after a complaint was leveled to the city of Cape Town over the adhan at Zinatul Islam Masjid in District 6. Just recently, there was an article that an Isipingo Beach man has launched an application in the Durban High Court in which he scathingly criticizes Islam and asks the court to stop the Adhan nationally and to shut down a local madrasa or religious school, which he says has infringed upon his right to dignity. Now, the Adhan is part of our living heritage in South Africa. And we ask the question tonight, why are these complaints emerging and what is at stake? Our guests this evening are Usman Shabuddin, the chairperson of the World Cup Civic and Ratepayers Association, and Sandy Shooter, chairperson of the Strandfontein Community Police Forum. Sandy, in fact, wrote a letter to the Muslim Judicial Council expressing a concern over this complaint and urging people to not allow this to set a precedent. Later on in the show, we chat to the city of Cape Town, a Burkup Heritage activist and the South African Human Rights Commission. Before we start, I want to play a few minutes of Sheikh Daoud Tablanche's interview on the Leadership Hour last night. Sheikh Daoud is the Imam at the Lewin Street Mosque and is also an executive member of the Muslim Judicial Council. Let's listen to the clip. Well, listeners of us of the Cape, we did receive uh, the third complaint, and yes, and this is the third complaint um, that we received on Friday. This is shortly after the Juma uh, at 2 p.m. Although the masjids uh, are still closed in the up, we're still discussing the opening of the mosque in the area. But the law enforcement, um, they were at the masjid just shortly after 2 p.m. on Friday. And they brought to our attention that someone lodged a complaint uh, against the uh, sound, against the um, noise um, nuisance, um, taking into consideration this bylaw. And therefore, they were duty-bound as a law enforcement um, to um, inform us and also to investigate uh, the complaint. Mm-hmm. So this happened uh, you know, on Friday. The exact nature of the complaint, what it's really all about and who the person is is still unknown to us uh, because they did not serve us with the necessary uh, papers. Uh, they just came to inform us. And this is a third incident. We did have prior to that two um, incidents. The one was about two months ago um, and the other one was about a, a month ago which they escalated that particular complaint directly to the Office of the Muslim Judicial Council um, to inform us um, that uh, they 
are investigating uh, this particular complaint that um, has been lodged with the city um, against the um, Adan in the area. So that's in a, in a span of um, two months, you know, really antecedented for the Boakab area, uh, we find that uh, these uh, complaints, you know, are still being investigated by the city of Cape Town. And I think, you know, one can, you know, really uh, also question these particular complaints. But at the end of the day, it is really that they are acting upon this bylaw uh, that, of course, it requires some serious, you know, amendments to it so that we can really overcome, you know, this particular challenge once and for all. So that was Sheikh Daoud Blanche speaking about their uh, complaints that they've received. And of course, we want to, we are going to welcome a number of guests onto the show. Um, our first guest, in fact, will be Usman Shabuddin, and he's the chairperson of the Burkhap Civic and Rate Payers Association. And we also want to welcome to the show Sandy Shooter. She's the chairperson for the Strandfontein Community Police Forum. Usman and Sandy, good evening. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Burning Show. Assalamu alaikum. Good evening. Good evening and assalamu alaikum to your Muslim listeners and thank you very much for having me. Wonderful. Sandy, thank you for, um, of course, sending us information about the letter that you had written. I think I want to go to that letter first. Um, what exactly was it that you had said in that letter, Sandy? Well, um, in a nutshell, I said that, um, look, we do understand that law enforcement um, has to enforce mu- um, municipal pilots and noise nuisance being one of it. But the, the thing that I actually wanted to highlight was the fact that there's an investigation um, um, being made when one person complains against a, a noise nuisance regarding a religious um, or a, a call to prayer. And uh, this is something that has been uh, taking place in our communities for decades, you know. Um, <clears throat> When a Muslim is born, there is the Azan button in his, his or ear. And this is something that we have grown up with. We, we, we grew up with this from 80 in other words. And suddenly one person complains about it. And I, I, like I was saying to Zahid Badruddin um, yesterday, that is there no other way that we can address this in a more amicable way whereby... Um, Yes, there's bylaw enforcement for noise nuisance, but can we not exempt religious um, calls to pray from that bylaw enforcement, you know, um, so that we can express the freedom of our religion, so we can practice our religion in the way that we know how. And looking at Bulkab and also different other communities, but specifically Bulkab, it is the home of Islam. It is one of the things that draw tourists to, to, to Cape Town because of the culture, the heritage, the diversity within the Bulkab. And to, to, to strip the mosque from the Azan. Not saying that it is going to happen, but just the thought that there is an investigation um, being t- taking place um, and looking at what has happened in Isifinga, where they actually silenced the Azan. I think it's time that we, as the Christian community, as the Jewish community, the different religions, we got to stand up for one another and for what we believe, because tomorrow it is going to be our our religious um, um, practices that is going to be attacked because it's an offense to somebody else. You know, um, thank you, so Sandy. That the, the, mm-hmm. the main purpose and and being a community activist, I felt that. Enough. This, this is this is just enough. We had the same situation in the Bayview um, community of Stanton, and we one person also lodged a complaint against the the mosque where Maulana Yusuf um, teaches, and we also spearheaded whereby um, we challenged the the city of Cape Town, um, and um, we. They managed to, they didn't, they didn't actually uh, find the mosque, and ever since then, 
there was no complaint because the community showed solidarity. It wasn't saying that we were thank you, Sandy. Sandy, yeah, yes. Sandy, thank you for that. Osman, coming back to yes. Burka, can you please tell us what has been happening in recent years when it comes to the complaints against the Adhan in your area? I think the, the, the first thing I want to say is quite a hard thing to hear what Sandy has to say, purely because it comes from the heart and, and, and we know the traditions of it. But it's just the one thing that I need to put in perspective. The call to Azan in Burkhab is 223 years old. Wow. Officially. Officially. Unofficially, it's more than 223 years. That's when the first mosque was built. And I think the challenge that we're all sitting with is to find out whether this, this complaint was done during tolerance or just through ignorance, put it that way. And I think we, in our investigation, we probably came across a number of issues that we as a community will have to address. And one of the things is, was stemming straight from the city council in the sense of the way it investigates these type of complaints, and secondly, stemming from people that do move into the areas, or move close to the areas where the mosque are, where they, they hear the Adhan and then they would claim ignorance to the fact that they did not know. And I think these are the complaints that we need to, to basically look at and address, because it's not going to go away. People are using it to do it for different purposes. People are using it for their own type of personal, uh, personal gripes to settle scores, like we've seen in, uh, in Durban, for that matter. We've seen it in, in other areas where people have moved in, and we found that the, these type of intolerances exist. Whether it mm. is the Adhan or even the church belt, I know for a fact mm. that our church, some Paul's church, do not ring the bells like they used to because there, there is complaints about it. Mm. So it, it's, not, it's not actually only to um, uh, the, the Muslim faith, but it's faith in general. And in Burqa, particularly where the cradle of Islam is, you find that you know, we, we have done an, uh, a number of things in the past. We have basically looked at the heritage of the living heritage in Burkhap. It Every mosque in Burkhap now is a national monument with its national heritage. And I think that needs to be quite clearly uh, told to everybody and to the city who, who claims ignorance at certain times. Okay, Usman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I think is very important to understand firstly before we... Um, we branch off into very many mm-hmm. other uh, parts mm-hmm. of the, the, the conversation. Let's go to the complainants. So are these residents of Burkhap that are complaining against the other? Are these people who are living there? Well, put it this way, this particular complaint that we're talking about, and, and we gather if it's the same person that complained twice, put it that way. Because there was no formal complaint, no, no names were divulged or locations. But through the grapevine, we came to understand that this person runs a business in our particular area, put it that way. Whether the business is for tourism or BNB or hotel, I cannot say, but it's that in that type of line of business. Okay, but and how can there not be a formal complaint and yet it is being investigated? That, that, that sounds a bit confusing. <clears throat> that, that is the contradiction. 
I think one of the things, that's why I say when I said it opened up first, that the city needs to address these issues and how they take it up. I know for a fact we complain tirelessly against the nightclubs making noise all around Burkham, and nothing has been done. They don't even send out somebody to go investigate the, the, the noises. You basically leave references after references. The challenge that I just have, I find it quite strange that the city would take up one person's complaint so eagerly like they did in Boerkamp and even in District 6 for that matter. So you you actually wonder, what is it all about? And and and. and and when they give the assurance, and I know the new bylaw that they, they got now, it's not passed yet, where they propose uh, uh, this new bylaw on sound, they even gave a, a reassurances to the MJC that the, that the Azan is not part of that bylaw. So we're looking at how the, uh, the city council acts and don't act. So that, that, that is the crux of the matter. So as a community, do you feel that there is no protection here from the city for your culture and your heritage as well as your religious freedom? Because essentially when somebody can say to the city of Cape Town, I have a problem with the other one, and then suddenly a mosque needs to be uh, investigated. I mean, how do you make sense of it? I, I, we don't actually, because it's a very city council that basically grants you know, the status of the HPOZ, the Heritage Overlay Protection yeah. Zone. And within that, you find that the living heritages are also included. And it just shows you the, 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 the type of manner in which the city council operates. The one department don't actually communicate with the other department that mm-hmm. in silos. And that's our challenge. Okay. You do, of course, have a ward councillor, and this is your representative within the city of Cape Town. Have you informed the ward councillor about this, and what has been the response, if at all? Put it this way, the ward councillor know about it, and there was no response up to now. But isn't that some... I mean, that person is being paid tax money to ensure that they take up citizens' issues. Well, put it this way, I can give you a whole list of things that they're supposed to have taken up and being paid for. That's not being done. But that's a political issue on its own. Put it that way, never mind a service delivery issue. Okay. Now, Sandy, you mentioned Strandfontein. What, what exactly, how did, how did that work itself out? How was that resolved? Um, I think it was mainly um, the community action and also the communication um, between the CPF and the City of Cape Town officials. Um, I do know that the Molan now was served with papers to appear. Um, he was supposed to apparently get a sound engineer to test the decibels and all of those things. It was the exact same thing as the pool cap situation where there was one person that lodged the complaint, um, but the one person was identified, so we knew exactly who it was. And uh, the reason why we came out in our numbers, it wasn't to... to to cause a, a, a big stink or anything was, was to actually show that various religions can come together and um, we to, to express to openly express religious tolerance and that is what we need we need to raise more awareness on um, becoming more religious tolerant you know um, showing other religion that this is what we have in our community and we should embrace it you know it's going to be there it's always been there um, so it just played out where everything just died out um, the mosque out of their own um, they just turned down the decibels I think it was the volume was on three, then moved it down to two, and we could barely, barely hear the azan in the mornings. 
Um, so it was just a matter of um, they they didn't still want to make a big thing about it. They just turned down the volume. And um, then thereafter, the lady just stopped complaining. She complained about the next lady, but she never made any um, complaints to law enforcement or SAP. So are you saying that the, the, the level, the sound level of the Adhan was lowered? So the Adhan was softer and you're saying it could barely be heard in the morning. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Yes, definitely, because um, I'm an active resident in our community whereby we patrolled on a regular basis, especially um, where we um, stood as call guards at the mosque during the Ramadan period, especially when the gentlemen do their travel at the, at the mosque. So we would hear that even that was very soft. You know, we couldn't hear anything outside. And this was way before the complaint was even lodged. And after the complaint was lodged, the volume was turned down even more. Like I said, it sounded like the alarm was coming from a distance, you know, but in fact, you might be just the street away from the mosque. So, um, look, it's just a matter of where they've accommodated everybody because they didn't want any any confrontation or um, a situation like this to arise again. So they just turned down the volume. And so, okay. So, so basically... While the Adhan was not shut down completely, there was a bit of silencing of the Adhan. That is how that unfolded, basically. During the time of the complaint, there was no Adhan at all. There was just like a, a, a alarm set. You know when you, when you set your, your, your vehicle's alarm with the remote, it gives a peep-peep sound. That is exactly what okay. um, it was during the time of the complaint. And up until the Molina appeared in appeared at the city of Cape Town, so it was just like a peep-peep. And that was it. We first thought like, Iman Sakkar's alarm can But it was actually the, the call to pray. Okay. And then after, um, after the whole hearing thing, then we... We, st- we actually went with the media to the mosque to hear the first Adhan after the hearing. Um, so it was soft, but we were pleased with the fact that it wasn't silenced completely after the hearing. Usman, could, you, why, yes. yeah, Usman, I, I, could you imagine, this is the question, could you imagine a up without the Adhan yes. and being replaced instead with car with alarms? No, I, 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 you know, in, I hope, inshallah, not in my lifetime or anybody's lifetime, put it this way. I think that, that, that is why one of the things that I need to caution anybody that makes a complaint in Burka about the Adhan is that it is within our, our living heritage status that the Adhan is central to what we are all about. And mm. I think the challenge that we, I challenge anybody to basically lay that charge of the Azan that they feel that's irritating them. We would like them to see who they are and not remain uh, uh, anonymous as they are. And I think the challenge that we're all sitting with here is it's not about the Azan itself, but it's about our religious freedom and and beliefs that we are. And I think the intolerance that people are showing, and you find that it's not our people at all. It's people that come from outside in that try to, to, to change the very nature of where they are staying to suit themselves. And, 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 and this is the fallacy that we are living about Worka particularly, where they see these bright house, colored houses, they see a beautiful view, and that is sold to them by the estate agents as being a nice place to live. But they don't realize we are a living community with a living heritage. And work up is not a silent place, it's a noisy place. Mm. You know, it, it, it makes a noise at a certain time, and our traditions and our cultures are sometimes noisy. Mm. Like at the end of the year, at the beginning of Bukharam, it's, it's anywhere, anytime. So it's a challenge that people coming from the outside in 
and they hope to see gated societies with high walls and quiet environments. They're not going to get it. People are going to play cricket in the street, soccer in the street, rugby in the street, and whether your Mercedes-Benz fan there. It's, it's, it's tough luck. Well, mm. I think that I think what essentially we're coming down to here is a lack of maybe understanding then of the local culture and traditions in the area when somebody moves in. And surely these are logical things that one does when you buy a house. You find out who's living there, who's going to be in your neighborhood. I mean, it just sounds like people didn't do their research. Absolutely, as in, I, I totally agree with you. And you find it's actually very sad, it's actually very, uh, 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 sad actually because when you want to spend that type of money buying property or relocating, definitely you do some homework before you get there. Yeah. Let's get some closing remarks. We are going to have to go for a break soon. Closing okay. remarks from yourself, Sandy. Um, if you look at the situation in Pinelands, where the exact same thing took place as well, um, we cannot allow anybody to set the precedent to silence the Azan. Um, so I'll, I'll wait for when we come back for, for further um, comments. Yeah, I mean, it just seems a bit disgusting that in a South Africa, a democratic South Africa, people are being told that they cannot practice their religion. Co- closing comments from yourself, Usman, before we go for yeah, the break. Yeah, I do want to say that, you know, it's been a long way of people to get to that type of reality in, in the new South Africa. But we call for tolerance, we call for understanding, and most of all, we call for re-education if you don't know mm. what is happening. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much to our guests, Usman and Sandy. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back after the break. The Burning Issue. Welcome back to The Burning Issue with myself, Yazid Kamaldin, and we are now continuing our conversation around complaints against the other, and particularly in Burkup. We are going to welcome back to the show our guests, Usman Shabuddin. He's the chairperson of the Burkup Civic and Ratepayers Association, and Sandy Shooter, she's the chairperson of the Strandfontein Community Police Forum. Now, before we go, uh, welcome back, uh, Sandy and Usman. Uh, welcome. Well, well, good to be back. Great. Right. Now, um, I just want to quickly go to the WhatsApp line. We've been receiving tons of messages, and it's very important for us to also engage with our listeners, of course. Um, this is a uh, very interactive show. Um, listener 6577 says, They are quick to investigate a call to prayer, but cannot investigate corruption in government or investigate or take down drug houses in gang-infested areas. Listener 7665 says, I'm saying this again on Voice of the Cape. They should lower the sound of the other. And people have the radio in their homes and calendars as guides to their times. Usman, do you think that the other is too loud and broke up? Do you think the sound should be lowered? I think one of the things that we have lost reality of is the fact of that the, the areas that is being built is being built up. So you find that under normal circumstances, people can't hear the Adhan in a normal sense anymore, purely because of building, purely because of the build-up and things like that. So I don't think the, the, the having a, the Adhan over electronic means is any way unfair to anybody, put it that way. So in a nutshell, no. uh, in a nutshell the Adhan is not loud, is that what you're saying? 
It's not loud. It's I not actually loud. want it louder, actually, because I can't hear it so good from my house. <laughs> okay, listen to 3940 says, I am of the opinion that the city of Cape Town is, is instrumental in inciting this intolerance against the poor, and in this case, consistently against Islam. It is the city who is directly intolerant because people in Burkup stand up to their agendas. And then listener 8691 says, Shame on Zahid for letting Sandy put him as a Muslim in his place by referring, referring to the Muslim heritage of Burqa being targeted and a victim of city of Cape Town racial and anti-poor stance. Sandy, what is that about? <laughs> Zahid and I, we had a lengthy conversation about um, the culture. Within he's the, the, he's, the, he's a counsellor, um, right? Let, let us just yes, confirm yes, for our listeners. Yes, he works for yes, the city uh, of Cape Town? Yes, and he, he agreed with me. I mean, we shared the same um, sentiments as well. But at the same time, he did allude to the fact that the city of Cape Town, they have to legally or lawfully um, investigate these complaints, which I do understand. And we, we, we had a very sensible and reasonable conversation. And I said to him, you know, in no way are we attacking the city of Cape Town. What we should, look, they are only doing what they are supposed to do. What I'm saying is is the, the, the lack of tolerance in the book up here and also other communities where this is happening. And I said, and as a Christian, I should be the forerunner when my Muslim brothers and sisters' religion is being attacked because tomorrow this man I would expect the same thing. And he never, uh, I never put him in his place as such. We we spoke about isn't there another way that we can um, deal with this? And he said to me that there is a gentleman within the city of Cape Town that is currently addressing this um, <clears throat> to to have a public participation um, process whereby um, is a sound maybe too loud. Should be, should there be another you know, that type of thing? So obviously those things will okay. be discussed in Thanks. Parliament and in local yeah. council. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, can, I, can I come in here? Sure, you can. Yeah. I think one of the things what, she's, uh, what, what, is, what needs to be looked at from the City Council point of view, they, have, they are busy with a new bylaw on, on noise, sound and things like that. And I know they have engaged the MJC and I know for a fact yeah. that I have. Can we just and, can we just let the city speak for itself, please? I will have the city of Cape Town on okay, the show no, no, later. That, but yeah. that's fine. So, mm-hmm. but, but I just want to say the city do speak for the fourth time. Yeah, we'll I, have I've them. We'll ask them the all of. Of course, of course. But we'll ask the city all of those questions, and I'd want them to defend themselves and this position okay, on right, investigating right. the complaints. So, listener eight five four seven shares the opinion. Why do? People want to come live in an area where they know it's predominantly Malay areas. As you can't tell us, these people do not know of the Adhan. Usman, you had mentioned earlier, you say that, or you think, in your opinion, that people might be buying properties in Burkhap and not doing research on the neighborhood. They might even not know that there will be an Adhan because maybe an estate agent didn't tell them that. Can you please share your thoughts on that? That that, that is our experience when we speak to people and ask them, why did they buy here in the first place? They would tell you that first thing is close to the city. It's a beautiful area. There's colorful houses. The scenery is absolutely fantastic. And that's why they bought into it. I don't think they ever, ever thought that we're living there. You know, mm-hmm. it was something that probably they got a shock of their life and they saw us walking down the street for that matter. Sure. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so our listener, let's get another listener's comment. Listener 0507 says, The problem with the Adhan is that non-Muslims do not know the meaning of the Adhan. If they knew, they would be utterly and completely ashamed knowing the meaning. Oh. Now, but let me also just say that, Sandy, are you Muslim? 
No, I'm not Muslim. But you've seen the beauty and, and you understand the beauty of the other. And so it's not all non-Muslims or all people are not Muslim. So let us not generalize by these comments. Of course, the Adhan is to call the people to come and pray. You know, it's like come and pray. That is what the Adhan is. And I mean, um, in, in my in my household, we 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 very colorful family. My brother embraced, embraced Islam. And um, I've, I, I took the opportunity to learn about Islam. You know, that's, I took the opportunity to learn about Judaism. I, I, took, I, I taught and educated myself on various religions in order to understand so that I can respect them more, you know. So that is what we were actually want to promote in other communities and other people. Don't just go and complain about something you do not carry any knowledge of. We cannot infringe on somebody else's right to the freedom of religion, the freedom of expression. And they should go and educate themselves in Islam. It's a beautiful religion. Yeah. You know, I've learned a hell of a lot um, um, in Islam. And now I have an English version of the Quran. And um, I also read Al-Nisa. I also read all of those things. I also know the Surah Yasin. You know, so we need to educate ourselves. <coughs> Okay. So, yeah. Thank you. So now, what I'm also reading now another comment um, from a listener who believes, and this is listener six two two seven saying, just lower the volume, then I'm sure there won't be any complaints, and everyone will, will be happy. But is that really the solution? You know, because then what is the next thing? Now you lower the volume, Sandy. You've said you've lowered the volume in the neighbourhood. People, some people can't even hear the other. You say you can't. You can't hear it. You I mean, is the solution? It. Is the solution not coexistence? as opposed to erasing or shutting down another culture? Yeah, I think if I can come in here, I think one of the biggest challenges that we have is that we lost the the, the type of culture, the type of community cohesion in the, in the, in the old South Africa, I would say, like the things, or all the areas that we, we come from, which, we, we are, which are partly destroyed. And with the destruction of apartheid and, and, the, and the, the whole question of the different types of people being different areas, we found this intolerance being amongst religion, yeah, not only religion, but communities as a whole. And I think we need to rebuild not only our nation, but it starts with communities. And this is where we should start. And I think yeah. the, the, the authorities play a major role in the education of communities, in the tolerance of communities, in finding ways of uh, bridging that type of divide that we need to exercise when it comes to religion and other cultures, eh? Mm. And other cultures. I mean, I, I, I look at the intolerance that people have at the end of the year when they, when, when they look at the, the, the carnivals that is here. Mm-hmm. You know? Now, coming it's back now, to... It's, yeah, it's looked at now as being about gangsters, this, mm. that, and the other. The challenge that we have... It is as old as 150 years old. So you mentioned authorities, right? So the Cape Town yeah. City Council, the city of Cape Town is the local authority. What would you expect from the city? I, I would expect them to actually do a, a, a deep analysis of what is needed to address these issues. And not just bring out bylaws and put it in the small newspaper and tick a box. You know, and, 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 and if, if they do think that there is a challenge, try to address it rather than to make a law to outlaw it. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay, let's go back to our listeners. And then um, listener 3366 says, 
Is the complainant perhaps a foreigner? If so, then this is what happens when we from Burkup sell our properties to foreigners. Usman, do you have any comment on that? Yeah, I, I think our stand has always been very clear that we don't want our people to move out of Burkup. And we did everything, and we're doing everything in our power to make them stay with it. I say we try to get rebates, we try to do whatever we can, and try to use the resources, economics that Uka Privet uh, actually has in order to make our people stay. So I would agree to one extent. The challenge is people selling their homes. But I must say, there is a large proportion of Uka that is resisting the selling of their homes. Okay. And I think that that is in our favor. Mm-hmm. I guess when somebody comes to you with 4 million or 5 million or 3 million rand and you need the money, it's another story. It's another story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so if I can comment on that, I don't think that people are that ignorant, especially foreigners, because Islam is a religion that is practiced across the world. There are Muslims in every single country, and a foreigner cannot say they do not know about the practices of Islam. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they cannot say they don't know about the Adhan, they don't know about the prayers that they express five times a day, they don't know about um, Ramadan and Eid and things like that. So we, we cannot also make excuses when people attack um, our religion. You know, we cannot always look for a way to, to soft soap the, 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 um, the, what they are currently doing, you know, trying to, to, to silence or soften the Adhan or whatever it may be. You know, I ask myself the question, you know, when, when do we say enough is enough? If I look at, at previous marches for Palestine, for an example, Cape Town was flooded with people. Everybody stood there with the Palestinian flags. Here we have something on our doorstep where our Muslims or the call to, uh, to, or to, to pray is being oppressed or, or complained about. What are we going to do about it? We cannot always soft soap and want to be kind and nice and all of those things because we don't want to offend people. It is an offense to me that my Muslim brothers and sisters has not maybe did um, the uh, call to Adhan, uh, 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 the call to pray um, during this time of the complaint. You know, and it, it, it's robbing our Muslim brothers of that of that freedom. And for me, it's like I'm not going to sit around and soft soap that. The reason why I, I escorted the email to the Human Rights Commission, the reason why I found the MJC, and the reason why I found Sheikh Dawood was we're going to stand with 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 Bukab. We're going to stand with our Muslim brothers and sisters across Cape Town if anything like this happens at their mosques again. You know, we need to make a statement. We need to we need to take a stand that this is not going to be tolerated. Not in the Christian community, not in the Muslim community, or any other religious community, we cannot tolerate any act like this against any religion. Mm-hmm. It is a disgrace to even entertain it. Okay. I'm going to go to some of the messages because there are many messages coming through on the WhatsApp line. Listener 8042 says, The Adhan is not loud. In a nutshell, that's what the person is saying. And they're also sending a message to Mr. Shabudin saying you need to also address the drug and the squatter problem. That's what they're saying. Um, That's something else. Listener 9058 is saying, I think the masjids are a heritage site and that included sound building and usage. So all the rules need to be accepted. Those that come afterwards, it's their problem. Now, you talked earlier, Usman, about heritage. Now... How does heritage for Burkhap protect, for example, the cultural heritage, i.e. the Adhan as well? I think one of the things that we discussed when we first looked at it, you know, the, the declaration of heritage is uh, the national monuments for the mosque is only about one and a half years old as we stand. 
although it was 223 years old. The challenge now, so when we looked at it and when they debated it, we found that it's no use you only declare the architecture of brick and mortar, only heritage. What happens to the things that take place inside those buildings? And that is where the concept of heritage comes in. For instance, on the Thursday night, they have their dickers. On, on, uh, they, they have weddings in there. They have a lot of other activities that do take place, khatams, everything in mosque. Then that, with the couple, with the adhan, it will be central to the whole mosque. That is our living heritage. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I think that the, 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 the challenge that I put to the city is that if they are so concerned and they have given verbal uh, assurances that the noise does not, uh, that noise by law won't affect the other, then, 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 then they, they should when they include, include it in that whole bylaw and a, a clause which excludes the other. Yeah, well, I'll speak to the city later about that. Let's go through yeah. some of the other messages as well, because I'd like to acknowledge our listeners' contribution to the show. And of course, also just to read out the disclaimer, the views expressed in the program are not the views of the voice of the Cape Ritz management or staff. Now, in fact, I have to break... At, in about a minute so let's rather conclude with this interview then I can go through some of the messages later Usman and Sandy Shukran thank you so much for joining us this thank evening you. Yeah, fine, fine. Okay. You've, you've shared with us your um, insights from your experience and also your passions as community people thank you so much I, I you want to tell Sharon Sharon you can have Sandy. any time Sandy you can have any time as then work up what about me, Usman? Wow, what about me? <laughs> Sandy, I think I think I've been left out here actually. Wow. <laughs> Shukran guys, thank you so much. Assalamu alaikum. So Good evening. Welcome back to The Burning Issue with myself, Yazid Kamaldin. This evening we are talking about complaints against the Adhan with a particular focus in Burkup. We've had before the break Usman Shabuddin from the Burkup Civic and Red Pairs Association and also Sandy Shooter, a Strandfontein Community Police Forum representative who dealt with a similar incident in their neighbourhood. We now are going to be joined by Richard Bossman and he's the Executive Director of Safety and Security at the City of Cape Town to hear exactly what is the viewpoint from the city. Richard, good evening and welcome to Burning Issue. Good evening. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Richard, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, sir. I'm very good. It's good to hear the good news about the reduction in the COVID cases in in the Western Cape. So, yes, that's good news for us all. Indeed. Now, Richard, I want to come to the burning issue tonight, which is complaints leveled against the Adhan, particularly in Burkhap, a historically Muslim neighborhood and essentially the home of Islam. I mean, the first mosque is there. Can you tell us exactly from the city of Cape Town's point of view, what happened? Okay, if I can just recap for you. Um, our staff received a complaint via our call center in which there was a complaint about the noise level in the area. One of our staff members then responded to the, to the incident and went to the, to the mosque uh, concerned and spoke to the imam and just informed him that we'd received a complaint about the noise levels. Now, I must say there was no fines issued. There was no further action taken. 
And in these spaces, as you, as you quite correctly said, you know, these are, these are very sensitive matters. You have to balance uh, the situation. And our staff then reported the matter to our environmental health section. And the reason for that being is that when it comes to noise nuisance or noises em- em- emitting from buildings, it's extremely technical by nature. And you would normally find in a situation like this that if it goes any further, we actually have to take noise measurements in terms of the Western Cape noise control regulations. And only once those measurements are taken, and if the decibel reading is exceeded for that type of area, would we then take the process further? So somebody had said that the noise of the, did they specify, did they say it was a call to pay? I mean, maybe they didn't know. I don't know. Like, what exactly was it that they said was the noise that they were hearing that was problematic to them? Yes, it was a particular complainant, and he indicated that he... was finding the noise uh, from the prey disturbing and on that basis a complaint was then lodged. So when when he said it was disturbing, was it an emotional disturbance or was it actually his ears were feeling hurt? Okay, uh, I wouldn't be able to be that specific, but he complained about a disturbing noise. And if one looks at, at the definition, is where your ordinary comfort and peace has been disturbed in the area. And as I say, you know, um, the staff member responded with, with due consideration, only informed the imam, no fine was issued. And as I said, we, we see this as a very technical matter, and we want to make sure that we deal with it properly. But as, you, as you've correctly said, with due regard to the fact that the workup is an area which is very rich in Muslim heritage, that's probably where the first Muslims lived in Cape Town. And we want to make sure that there's a proper balancing of the situation here. And if we can come to an amicable solution, that's definitely what we intend to do. Uh-huh. Now, Richard, the other thing is that this is not the first time that the city of Cape Town has received complaints about the Adhan in a city where Islam has been practiced and where the Adhan has been really part of the landscape. Now, what is the city make of, of, of these complaints against the Adhan, which is so much part of the city of Cape Town's, or rather Cape Town's landscape? Absolutely. I agree with you fully. Um, I think the view that, the, the, well, not I think, the view that we have is that this must be dealt with the duty go to, the, to, to respecting the rights to, to people practicing their freedom of religion and also trying to balance out the rights of, of the people who are complaining. Now, in most cases, you will find that we, we have these such a, sorts of complaints and it is indeed approved or being proof that the decibel reading is higher than what is normally permissible in that area, you will find that our environmental health staff <coughs> would normally contact both parties and see how we can come to an amicable solution. Sometimes it needs to be turned down slightly. Sometimes the direction of the speakers needs to be changed. So there's other matters that could be involved before one ever goes to court. This is not a situation that you want to end up in court because then you're really in a contract situation. So, so the city's view is that the rights must be respected of both parties and we will try as far as possible to mediate to find an amicable solution. Because you, you are correct, in, almost in every suburb in, in Cape Town, we have the assigned. Um This part of Cape culture has been like that for centuries. I mean, it's only recent, in recent years that there have been complaints against the other, and particularly in Burkup. Mm. So you're you correct. Um, and what one would think is that Possibly people who come in and maybe don't understand the area who are not aware of what it is, which is where you're, where you're getting this sort of complaint. So part of the process where we engage is to make them aware that this is an area. I mean, what is the attraction of the book up? The attraction of the book up is that it is predominantly an area... <clears throat> 
which is occupied by Muslims. I mean, tourists from all over the world come and see it. So, yes, um, we do find that we have complaints, and you tend to find that in the, even in residential areas where perhaps new people move into the area that weren't born there, that maybe purchased a house a year or two ago. So you do find that with new people coming in that you would find this type of complaint, and that is why the process of engagement between ourselves and both parties is extremely important just to develop that sensitivity and also, most importantly, the issue of tolerance. Look, I mean, the noise and nuisances bylaw is meant to ensure that we as citizens in Cape Town all have the peace a peaceful environment, if I can say, and also to make sure that we do not have, if I can say, a a, a disturbance, right? Now, how does this relate to the Adhan? I mean, will it affect the Adhan? What's happening? Okay, in terms of the bylaw, um, the bylaw went out for public protection participation in terms of amendments, but in terms of the current definition, is any noise that would materially interfere with the piece of, of a person occupying a piece of land. So in terms of the other one, as I said to you, there's different options um, in terms of this, depending on the nature of the complaint and the intensity. The technical aspect, which is to get the noise reading, would be important to determine whether, in fact, the decibel levels, which are being set by law for that area, is, is exceeded or not. Sometimes you find that even though people complain, we still do the reading and we find that the decibel noise levels haven't been exceeded. So once the reading is taken, we'll be in a better position to determine if indeed, as you said, it is really a disturbance. And if it is a disturbance, how can we just mediate between the two parties? You can't prevent people from exercising their religion. The Adhan is an essential part of, of the call to pray in the evening. So, again, I just want to stress to you, you know, I gave my staff instructions yesterday that we're not issuing any fines. We're going to assist as far as possible to mediate this process so we can find an amicable solution. To work up is part of Cape Town. It's, a very, it's got a very rich history and it's also part of the culture of Cape Town. So we will, we will deal with this sensitively. Our staff have been sensitized to treat these things properly and we deal with it with due respect for both parties. Okay, I think we'll go for a quick ad break and when we come back we'd like to continue with you, Richard. I've got a couple more questions and I've also got feedback from listeners. Welcome back to The Burning Issue with myself, Yazid Kamaldin. We have Richard Bossman on the line. He's the Executive Director of Safety and Security at the City of Cape Town. Richard, does the city offer guidelines for the sound levels of the Adhan to mosques? Are there guidelines that mosques need to follow? I mean, I think we can all respect, you know, the fact that noise... We don't want noise in our neighborhoods. And of course, we want to ensure that we have peaceful and harmonious communities where we live. So does the city offer sound or noise level guidelines to masjids or mosques where the Adhan is being recited? Okay, if I can just, just to respond to that, we have what is called noise control regulations uh, that's applicable in the Western Cape. Those regulations determine different levels of readings, uh, decibel readings, which are regarded as being acceptable depending on the nature of the area. So what we will do as part of the process is a measurement of the reading of the decibels will first be taken to determine if, in fact, it is over the threshold which is set by law. If it is over, there will be a process of engagement, as you said, advice will be offered uh, to look at various options, but there are decibel readings that are laid down. We would obviously have to first take the reading to determine if indeed we are exceeding the decibel level, and if it is, 
then there will definitely be a process of engagement. Sometimes, some of the, most of these have been resolved amicably. Sometimes it's the positioning of the speakers. Maybe it's just turning down the sound and notch without affecting the ability to call to prayer. So there are different options, but the, the noise reading would be essential to determine whether, if in fact, there the is an excessive. If indeed that's the case, then our, uh, our environmental health practitioners, more so those that are, that are <coughs> qualified as noise control specialists, that would have undergone the relevant training, would then be in a position to advise and to assist as far as possible. So yes, the city will badly assist if indeed we find that the level of noise um, does contravene what is set out in law. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at one of the questions or comments from a listener, and this is obviously also a platform where we can address citizens' questions. That's usually what we do on the show. Listener 6180 says, is of the opinion that the nuisance bylaw, and is that what, is that, is that what it's called, by the way? Is it called the nuisance bylaw? What is the name of the bylaw? No. Or the proposed right. bylaw? No, no, no. There is a current bylaw. It's just termed, commonly it's just termed as a nuisance bylaw. Mm-hmm. But the bylaw that's been in place since 2007 is the <clears throat> the nuisance and streets in public places bylaw. Uh-huh. So there is a bylaw that has been in place since 2007. It was approved in 2007. What we're currently doing is we're looking at amending some of the provisions of an existing bylaw. So the bylaw does exist in its current format, but the regulations that I'm referring to now, the noise control regulations, which actually set down various threshold levels for decibel noise, and that has to be measured on a technical basis. Now, just to confirm, just to confirm with you, I've seen on social media people talking about this bylaw or the amendments as mm-hmm. going to infringe on mosques and adhans. Will the city infringe on the ability and the rights of people to practice their religion, particularly now on tonight's topic, the Adhan being recited? No, that's not the city's intention at all. Okay. None whatsoever. As I've said, we haven't we haven't approved the amendments to the bylaw. That is still being processed because there was a substantial amount of comments. And again, the fact that you've raised this with me and some other people have raised it, we're also going to feed this into the process as a matter of sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Listener 6180 is of the opinion that the nuisance bylaw is also victimizing other places of worship, such as the St. George's Cathedral and its church bells. Is that a fact, Richard? No, we haven't. I must be honest with you. I've been, sure, I've been ED since, what, 1st of April 2009. Um, we very seldom get complaints um, about any churches and where it is. We follow the same process in terms of the church bells, in terms of the Azan. We try and follow a proper process of mediation to make sure that we deal with it properly. If you were to look at St. George's Cathedral, residential, um, there's not much residences in that area. It's up Wales Street and maybe one or two of the hotels. But very few complaints we've ever received about St. George's Cathedral. The biggest complaint we get is for parking, where people sometimes are parking inconsiderately when they attend service, change services. But that's the biggest complaint we get. Mm-hmm. Now, listener 3207 has a message for Sandy Shooter. She was on the program earlier, and I know that she's still listening. Sandy, this is for you. The listener says, I applaud Sandy that is on the radio at the moment. She truly understands Islam and the beauty thereof. Please relay this message to her. I'm sure she's heard this message. Listener 6402 says, Nip it in the bud so that we can have peace of mind in the future. Now, this listener is essentially saying that they want to have the Adhan and um, the complaints they are obviously referring to must be nipped in the bud. But now, at the same time, we do live in a democracy. People do have the right, I guess, to address 
um, or rather to uh, take their concerns to the local authority. We don't want to completely shut down people's rights, of course, to that. Um, finding that balance is the challenge, isn't it, Richard? Finding the Absolutely. balance between the freedom of religion. We need to find a balance between freedom of religion and person's uh, ability to, to enjoy undisturbed freedom. And again, as I say, if you look at the noise control regulations, it sets a threshold. We need to balance it out. And again, you know, when you engage people, you, you, you'd like that there's a level of reasonableness and respect so we can get on with each other. But you are correct. You're hitting the nail on the net. We need to just balance the rights um, so that there's an understanding. And I think sometimes a lot during this engagement it's just a lack of understanding or sensitivity and there's different ways of dealing with it you know people sometimes but your neighbor has a party tonight and he informs you a day or two before the time he says listen i'm having a 21st it's going to be a bit noisy please just allow me for an hour or two and the neighbor will say fine i'll live with it i'll go out for a couple of hours and i'll come back i'll be back this time so there's different ways of dealing with this and as i've said um, if the deficit decibel reading, reading is exceeded, we can look at other ways, maybe turning it down and not without affecting the ability to call to prayer. Other thing is maybe reposition the way the microphones are okay. when the call to prayer has been made. So there's different ways. Yeah. Look, um, we have a message from listener 2903, and this is about a complaint against their mosque as well. The listener says, we have also had a complaint against our mosque for the Adhan in Old Strandfontein Road in Ottery. The police didn't mm-hmm. serve any papers against the mosque, but demanded that the Adhan must stop completely. Now there is no Adhan for Subukh, which is Fajr, the morning prayer, and Ishai, which is the late evening prayer. So, I mean, Richard, what's happening there? Could the police just go and shut down an Adhan? Okay, I'm not sure if he, he seems to be referring to the police now. Police don't, they're not part of the city. Law enforcement is, but the police aren't. So yeah. it would be difficult for me to understand it. But Are you aware of this though? Number, you're happy to give him a number offline and he can send me a message and I'll, I'll follow it up for him. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of this as well, but I mean, are you aware of this where the Adhan has been told, uh, where, where a mosque in Strandf- Old Strandford Road, mm-hmm. Ottery has been told that they cannot, um, you know, uh, have the Adhan over the loudspeaker. Are you aware of this? No, I'm not aware because our staff are aware of the process to follow. Okay. And that when we follow this process, we refer to environmental health and we follow due process. Okay. I'll just make sure that I send this number now to the listener. Yes. Yeah. Look, that's that's all that we have time for now. We have yeah. to go for an ad break and then we'll continue the show with other guests. Richard, thank you so much yeah. for your time. Your pleasure, man. And okay. we appreciate it. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. He's the that there was Richard Bossman. He's the uh, executive director of safety and security at the city of Cape Town. We now go for an ad break. Welcome back to The Burning Issue with myself, Yazid Kamaldin. We are now going to welcome our next guest. His name is Mohamed Grunewald and he's a Burkab heritage activist. We, of course, want to talk about the heritage aspect of the Adhan in the area. And we are approaching Heritage Month. September will be Heritage Month. And, you know, this is, of course, very pertinent to the topic as well. The Adhan has an Islamic uh, role, an Islamic function in the Muslim community, but it also in Burkab is part of the heritage. Mohamed, assalamu alaikum. Good evening. Welcome to Burning Issue. Wa alaikum salam and good evening. So, Muhammad, what do you make of the complaints against the Adhan? It's certainly not the first complaint. What do you make of it? Look, the complaint, uh, people often always complain, them, but they have to understand in the Muslim community, you know, as we're moving along um, in our democracy uh, and the newcomers that are coming in, 
uh, they don't understand how the nuances of our society and our society operate and how it works. And of course, these challenges will often always be there. And therefore, the Muslim community have to educate themselves and other communities about their rights uh, and their constitutional rights in this country, um, because that will be always being challenged. We can see, for example, if you listen to Sandy, you know, in many other non-Muslims, it has grown up with Muslims, like, you know, colored townships and black townships and so on. Um, they are very familiar with the Azan. Who are the people that are complaining against the Azan? Is those that are now coming in to South Africa and settling in Boerkart and settling in other areas that are sort of complaining against the Azan. And also they're coming in with a huge amount of Islamophobic, of Islamophobic mentality. And that is also something that we have to understand. So these challenges will always be there for us to face. And with these type of bylaws of the city of Cape Town, um, despite the fact that what the previous guest has said, add to the challenge um, mm-hmm. to our cultural practices, uh, etc. Yeah. Now, I spoke to Usman Shabudin earlier, and he was talking about the heritage as a living heritage. Now, is the Adhan part of the living heritage of Burkhap, do you think? No, definitely. Let me first give you a very quick historical perspective about the Adhan, uh, because this will put the whole thing in perspective. We must remember from a historic perspective, when Islam arrived in South Africa to Asher Yusuf, you know, um, <coughs> Islam basically, uh, he came here as the first revolutionary in this country. The most the turning point for Islam in this country is when Tuanguru when came out of prison and he asked the authority if he can make Jumu'ah pray. You know, and remember under Dutch law, no, Islam was not allowed to be practiced. The punishment for practice Islam in public was death. And when Tuanguru wrote to the authorities if he can make a Jumu'ah in public at the prayer quarry, what we call the prayer quarry today in Kapini Street, of course the authorities denied him, you know, the right to do anything religious, Islamic in public. In defiance of that law, Tuanguru still led the group of Muslims to lead them to make the first Jumu'ah. And our first Azan in Boerkab was made aloud in public at that particular moment. So we must understand that Azan <coughs> laid the foundation in this country as part of a revolution. And that is what we need to put into perspective. So we've always, since we've arrived in this country, we've always been challenged, you know, in terms of our religious practices and so on. Of course, democracy comes and give us our rights, and we need to take up these rights. So the basis of the Adhan, or the foundation of the Adhan, is based on a, demo- on a revolution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I made a video of the Adhan in Lewin Street Mosque um, recently. Um, it, in fact, it was during lockdown, um, when the Adhan was still being, um, you know, rendered at the mosque, of course, to remind people of the prayer times. I'm just going to play it so that we can listen to the Adhan while we are talking about it as well. Let me just quickly play it. Let's turn the volume up.
So that's the Mu'adhin at the Lewin Street Mosque in Burkab, and that is what people want to silence in the area. Now, I mean, I asked this question to Usman as well, Muhammad. How can one imagine a Burkab without the sound of the Adhan? Absolutely not, you know. And um, the Adhan is something that will never, ever be silenced. In the Burkab, and it should not even be silenced in no other community uh, in South Africa. And remember, part what is what Ozzy Shabuddin was arguing is that if we look at heritage today and we define what is heritage, we mainly define buildings and spaces and little moles here and there that were built in the 1600s and 1800s, etc. But what is the shortfall of that heritage, understanding of heritage in South Africa, is precisely what we are debating now, that living heritage, the, the, the cultural stuff um, that is not buildings, the sounds, the smells of the up and, and so on and so forth. And that is actually defined very clearly in the HPOZ that Ozzy referred to earlier. That is the Heritage and Protection Overlay Zone. Over yeah. And that is why when we redeveloped that bill or that particular piece of legislation for of the city of Cape Town, we specifically argued and, and wrote those type of things into it as part of the Civic, uh, World Cup Civic Association, precisely because we knew these bylaws that are sort of coming up now are going to negatively impact on the, on, 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 on the living heritage. So, for example, if you have a, a hadat at your home or there's a hajat or a janaza or a kifait, etc., your neighbors can very easily call the police to come and silence you um, or because of these city acts and, and bylaws and so on. So it will have a, a, a huge impact. It is like, for example, you know, I often make the example between the Burkhardt and the Vatican. I say that the Vatican, of course, was part of our Muslim heritage. It was sort of taken away during apartheid. Um, therefore, our mosques and churches are, are still there. And if the Vatican looks like Burka, similar colors, similar housing structures and styles and architecture, etc., and so on. And my question is, why doesn't the Vatican have the same amount of tourists or attract the same amount of tourists as Burka? Because there's no longer a community. Mm-hmm. Burka, people can hear the Adhan. They can feel that they're part of a community. They can taste the persistence and they can feel the vibe of the community, etc., and so on. And that is why they're much more attracted to the coming to Burka, um, because there's a living heritage. And once we take things or silence things like the Azan, we will destroy the very living heritage that South Africa are very proud about, you know, this culture of the Rainbow Nation, and Ubuntu, etc., and so on. And it is these type of things that this very bylaws by the city of Cape Town are threatening um, in the long run. Okay. Mohammed, let's leave it at that. Shukran so much for your insight into your uh, community's heritage. We thank you for joining us on Burning Issue. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs>
That was Mohamed Grunewald. He's a Bulkup heritage activist. And we are now going to welcome another guest onto the show. His name is Chris Nissen. Okay, we're still getting Chris on the line. And while I while we wait for while we get Chris on the line, I'm going to read some more of the WhatsApp messages. I must thank all of you for participating in the show so actively. I knew that the show would get people responding. Our WhatsApp line is 072-238-0712. You can also give us a call in the studio. The live on-air number is 021-442-3530. That is 021 Two one four four two three five three. Do feel free to share your opinions and thoughts with us on this. Listener five five one three says, "I would like to take the complainant to court." Okay. Listener two seven four eight simply wants to know why do people go on about one minute of the adhan? And now we have Chris Nissen on the line, and he is a commissioner with the South African Human Rights Commission. Good evening, Chris, and welcome to Burning Issue. Hi, good evening to all of you and the listeners to The Burning Issue. I hope the fires are burning. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's burning, and believe me. Uh, <laughs> Chris, um, what does the commission make of, and as a commissioner, what do you make of the constant complaints that have been coming up against the call to pray, the Islamic call to pray in a city where Islam was, in fact, first established in this country? You know... <clears throat> Let me tell you something. I'm so I, I I will not I will not use no other word because religiously we can't use any other word but just say we pray for them because if I use other word it will be against whatever religion. Let me tell you something. Uh, can I start off by saying something? In you know when Islam was introduced into Cape Town when Islam came into Cape Town. The, the dominant Calvinistic Afrikaner what Dutch at the time encouraged uh, people at uh, the slaves to be remain Muslim because if they remain Muslim they will not be put on equal footing with then the Christians who you know because otherwise then you know they become Christians they will all be equal since the beginning of colonialism they have done so much harm to the sisterhood of religion in this country because we all come from Abraham. And I detest the fact that people who are not even religious will complain about the call for prayers. This is a part of the landscape of the history of South Africa. And as the Human Rights Commission, we say that cannot be tolerated. Mm-hmm. So what recourse do citizens have when they feel that their rights are infringed, particularly in this case? It's wrong for people to be intolerant towards religious behavior. You know what? When we're in prison, when we're tortured by the apartheid regime, all we wanted is for all of us to live in peace and harmony. The last chapter, or the phrases of the Freedom Charter said, we shall all live in peace and friendship. You know what? When you don't know how you got your freedom, you will be intolerant to those who fought for freedom in this country. I'm sorry, those who are intolerant to the call for prayers 
to anything about religion, they must come to the Human Rights Commission and tell us why they are intolerant towards those people, the people who fought for freedom, for peace and security in this country, that they have to face the intolerance of those who don't want them to exercise that freedom which they fought for. Mm-hmm. Now, I also want to come to the fact that people, and we've had this conversation, people as individuals have rights, and then we also have rights as a society, we have religious freedoms. Is it tough finding a balance between those two? Look, you know, that's, that's the issue that we face in South Africa. I don't like dogs, so I've got my right not to like dogs. What is that? What is that? If in the township, township people don't have ADT, fences, and census. So the dog is a perfect, apart from being a pet, is a, it, it's, it guards us. So no, I'm sorry. There's the greater good. Remember, the greater good and greater rights of people to be protected. Individual rights are individual rights as so far as the greater good of the Constitution. The Constitution protect the greater, greater, goods of, greater good of our society. So, yes, individual rights are respected in this country. But, you know, you can't have individual selfish rights. When your, your selfish behavior wants to influence a right, that's wrong. The greater right, the greater good of society will protect the collective right of a community historically and for the greater good of society. That must come first. That's my opinion. I think it's really good to understand that, you know, because a lot of us in our own capacity, obviously, we want to ensure that our rights as individuals are protected. But we need to understand that we live in a broader society where the greater Mm. good is important. Now, the next question I have is around the religious intolerance. I mean, are we seeing more cases of religious religious intolerance in South Africa? Is it something that you are witnessing more of, perhaps even at the at the Human Rights Commission? Yes, but, but let me explain to you the religious intolerance. I come from Bishop Blavis. In Bishop Blavis, we grew up Christians and Muslims. We eat together. We criticize all over the show. Fact is, we're all poor. And we're all in the same position. So when it comes to demand electricity, we're all together. But when the selfish individual comes, who from a different class wants to protect individual selfish behavior and then seek to complain about a prayer a prayer that unites a broader society a prayer that brings so much hope to an individual somewhere in the family that longs to you know this difficult situation and this individual selfish behavior that has got nothing to do with rights. Selfish behavior has got nothing to do with rights. Let me make that clear. And therefore, tolerance is one of the key pillars of social cohesion in our society. And if you 
cannot tolerate it. I'm sorry. Then you anti-social cohesion. Mm, mm. I like the fact how you bring it into a community setting because ultimately that's what I guess we are building in South Africa. We are all trying to build these communities, not just individuals. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, if I go in community and I want to push my own behavior, who says my behavior is right? Why should I push the individual, pol- individual selfish behavior against the greater good of a society? I mean, Chief, let me let us be honest about this thing. You know, we remember the times when people were preaching on the parade. People preaching in the in the trains. People, I mean, we went to the fights, went to all over. We, you, you listen to it. People come to funerals. I attend funerals in the townships, and people come. Is it bishop lives all over? And you you hear Muslim brothers and sisters or family members sing, "Praise to God the Almighty." We go to the fights. So why are we wanted one individual? who has of an upper class or thinks upper class or you think she, she thinks then come into community with 300 years of that interaction and then you want to come and want to exercise individual selfish rights against a history of good social cohesion and building a south africa which by the way suffered tremendously under apartheid Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's go for a quick ad break. I want to keep you here because we have more questions that we want to ask about, no um, you know, our freedoms and our rights. Welcome back to the Burning Issue with myself, Yazid Kamaldin. We are still with Chris Nissen. He's a commissioner from the, with the South African Human Rights Commission. The lines are also open and we'd like to encourage you to participate in the program. The number in the studio is 021-442-3530. That is 021-442-3530. Listener online waiting for, to share comment. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Burning Issue. Uh, good evening, Assalamualaikum. You know, I just want to talk about, you know, it's interesting you're talking about this topic because on the news tonight, you know, there was a, a Durban mosque that was in silence there, you know. And, you know, they interviewed the gentleman that made the complaint. And, you know, he said the most Islamophobic thing. He said, you know, he wants the land to stop and he wants Muslims to be removed from the area. And, you know, because Muslims are sexist. And he made another derogatory, you know, comment about Muslims. Now, I mean, get me his name. Type of individuals making comments like that, you know, it's not about Adan, it's about something deeper, you know, because he's essentially saying he wants Muslims to be removed from that. Muslims who've been living there for hundreds of years in that community, he wants Muslims to be removed. You know, that's the word, you yeah, know, why he complained yeah. about Adan. So I just want to make that comment that. Yeah, I'm in fact looking at this video right now, so Shukran for telling us about that. Let me just play some of it. And the other was, I was requesting that um, they, they be uh, removed from the area. 
in a judgment which shocked the Muslim community across the country. Judge Sidwell Ngadi ruled that the call to prayer be silenced at the Madresa Talimuddin Islamic Institute. He didn't allege that any nuisance noise levels were exceeded purely on the basis that in his private space he should not hear something that he finds objectionable. This predominantly Muslim community has reacted with outrage to the judgment and are now planning to take it on appeal. This is our top story this afternoon. Yeah, so that's that's essentially what was happening today in um, in Durban. To leave the area. And this is what the man said. The um, application had two motions in it. One was to bring to an end the call to prayer from their facility, which is not which they don't use amplification for. And the other was I was requesting that um, they they be uh, removed from the area. So, Chris, the, the reality is here a court has ruled in favor of an individual over the rights of a community to practice their religion. I mean, how, how does this work? And, and this, is, this is what people are thinking could happen in Cape Town as well. No. My chief, can I just apologize to you? Can I ask you one thing? If you just give me one second. Sure. I really apologize to you and the listeners. I should have paid my condolences Hisham, to Advocate Hisham Hisham Muhammad. Yeah. I, I'm so sorry. May, you know, from the Almighty we come to the Almighty we go. Can I just pay my condolences Absolutely. to all of us in Cape Town, Muslim and Christian, Jew and Hindu? Because Muhammad uh, Isha Isham was for everybody. Please accept my condolences. Mm-hmm. We do certainly yes, accept yes. it. We do certainly accept it. And just to reiterate that he was really an awesome person. Yes, indeed. Let me just say, I want those clips. I want to follow that up. And I will ask us that from, the, the, from our legal department to look at that. But if anything like that happened in Cape Town, I give you my assurance, I will stand by our people. That must not happen. Mm-hmm. We are, you know, we've got Muslim family, we've got Christian family, we've got every, we are so dear Makar. So, you know, and, and we, we, we are respecting each other as a young boy. You know, the, 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 the what is this, um, where, where we hit them on the stables and all of those, you know, we were all there. When a person go for Hajj, we were all there. When this Christian Muslims were all there. We're all family. How can you stop people from praying and adoring God, the Almighty? Yeah, yeah. We when have another caller. Train, whoever, no, that cannot happen. We can't allow selfish individuals to stop the collective from thanking the Almighty for where we are. Yeah. We have another caller. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Burning Issue. Hello. Yes, Assalamu alaikum. You're live on air. Assalamu alaikum. Um, I think the city is the main culprit in this unpleasantness. But the city seems to me want to have the Muslims out of the book up. And the city is the DA. Uh, that is all that I want to say. Shukran. Shukran to your comment there. Do we have any other callers? No other callers. So, should we go for another ad break? Let's go for an ad break. We'll hold Chris and we'll wrap up with Chris soon after the break.
We are now into the last minutes of the show. And Chris, what are your final remarks on the issue? I just want to say to all of our people in Cape Town, all the listeners of Voice of the Cape, you have not only a religious duty, but also duty to your fellow human beings in making the prayers that you always do for all of us across the city, loud or silent. Let no authority stop you from doing that. And the Human Rights Commission will be standing with you because we believe those are what Imam Harun and his peers and all those who followed Imam Harun together with Bayes Nodir stood for to say religious freedom, not only the democracy that we fought for, that every woman and man in this country and in Cape Town should be allowed in terms of the rights of all human beings with regard to the dignity of human beings and praising the Almighty should be allowed to do that. Let no individual selfish or collective selfish behavior deter us from those freedoms that Imam Arun and May and, and his wife and all the family of all those Imam Hassan Solomon's all of those, and including Isham Muhammad, fought for those freedoms. Dalla Umar and all of those, together with John Islam, then fought for these freedoms. We will resist this. This cannot be allowed in a city that has got so much history of religious tolerance to allow individuals to taint that. And may the voice of the cat continue be the voice of the people for all of us in the Cape to tell those if you don't like it get out of here and find another place mm-hmm. well thank you so much to Chris Nissen he's a commissioner with the South African Human Rights Commission thank you really for making the time and joining us this evening no problem mm-hmm. now you. it's a pleasure so now with about three or two minutes left of the show I'm just quickly going to look at some of the WhatsApp messages Shukran of course for all the people who have messaged I can't read them all but let's go through some of the the ones that I can see here listener 9296 says hoekom gaan mense so aan dus om te bid op jou manier dus alarm vir sommige mense kerkklok lei gedierend dag Okay, wow, that's a lot. Okay, listen to 5 to 3, it says, Salam, laat die buitenlanders slaam en prijs stuur mense daar om hulle te leer die dien shukran from Boutadula. And now let's see what else it says. Listen to 2209 says, Shukran for a sad but very important program. We all knew this was going to happen the minute World Cup residents started to sell the properties to foreigners who don't even know the religion of Islam then complain about the other and didn't they think before investing in a Muslim area. Shukran, that is from Yazid. And then listener 0442 says, okay, now that's something else. Listener 2535 says, I'm so sad to hear that some people have a problem with our dhan. It's so sad. I have Christian neighbors and when my whenever my neighbors have church in front of their homes, I respect them a lot. I even put my front stoop light on to make sure more light for them. That's how I respect I have... 
for their religion. I'm so sad that some people have a problem with our adhan. And then listener 6261 shares their experience with a... Um, a, a neighbor in the area and the listener says my parents owned a cafe and immediately on the corner was a white owned business this guy told my late father um, as a non-muslim he was listening to the melody of the adhan and then on the uh, another point he made was that he found many kids playing in the street however once the adhan was read the next moment the street was dead quiet and all the kids have dispersed the white owner really was impressed with our adhan and the cultural lifestyle of our islam in woke up more messages are coming through Listener 3249 says, People from secular states are moving into our religiously diverse country and attempting to make it an intolerant religious state such as that which they immigrated from. That's an interesting perspective. Listener 0115 says, Assalamu alaikum. Islamophobia seems to be taking root again in South Africa. And listener... Double four seven zero says the Imam and committee must print photocopies in English of what is being said word for word and they must hand it out to those who complain to the city. Okay, so with that, it's come, I'm coming to the end of the show. It was really wonderful being in your company. Um, inshallah, I'll be back next week. So from myself, Yazid Kamaldin, that was Burning Issue for tonight. Assalamu alaikum.